I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to this week's Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by my co-host Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I don't know why we go through that and say that live every time because I could just record us saying that and just snip it in every week, couldn't I? Marvellous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Marvellous again. There we go. And Skylar Hope joins us as well. Skylar, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, appreciate you joining you guys tonight. Excited. One of my favorite podcasts I listen to every single week, so I appreciate the ask. Yeah, Skylar, before we get started, just let us know where uh, where everybody can find you and uh, obviously the show that we do together as well. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Skyhook, H-O-O-K-D-F-S. Uh, find me there. And then, yes, our Mayo Media Network European Tour Picks and Bets show we do every single week. Um, you can find us on YouTube and then now... Um, it's getting on uh, all the podcast platforms under uh, The Mix, so Daily Sports, Picks and Bets, Daily Fantasy Sports, right? Picks and Bets. I'm trying to get the name straight. Yeah, it's a long uh, one, shows isn't it? will be there. <laughs> yes, that is. But um, it hits all of the SEO uh, that they need to. And then I work for FTN Daily and FTN Bets, so kind of do some weekly work on both of the tours over there as well. There we go. And, and that puts us, uh, that means that we do very little, doesn't it, Jason? We just kind of turn up to this on a Monday night and... Uh... And just manage, don't we? Something like that, mate. Yeah, something (laughs) like that. But I'm pretty sure the cumulative time you guys talk each week probably equals out. (laughs) So we uh, we do spend a few hours. (laughs) Um, I don't know how much we want to talk about last week's golf. Um, There's obviously some big debating points. Um, I don't think we've got long enough to go into those in too deep a thing. I think we'll probably leave it at uh, Patrick Reed was very impressive in the final round. Um, and Paul Casey was as well, and, and Robert McIntyre and Victor Hovland weren't towards the end. Jason, would you agree with that? Yeah, it was really interesting, actually. Um, if you look at the desert winners over the last year, you've got uh, you know G Mac, who we're going to talk about soon, obviously. Um, Lee Westwood, you know, twice last year, obviously winning and then performing well at the end of the year in the um, the big one, and then of course Casey winning yesterday. So yeah, um, quite interesting that sort of that generation has has come back to win against some of the youngsters but yeah Casey was helped a little bit yesterday wasn't he by uh, Uncle Bob um, what can you do you know he's going to learn from it um, he didn't really need to once he's in front Case down the back nine really just just plotted his way around didn't he um, it had been interesting it had been interesting I think even the triple bogey you know if he'd have made just bogey there oh the three putt you know uh, we made double sorry Yeah. Um, Robert McIntyre you know if he'd have made bogey he would have still been in it but he seemed to I said in my 54 hole thing that he his demeanour and his current play reminds me a hell of a lot of uh, Tyrrell Hatton a few years ago. Um, we were all wondering about his temperament and he was missing putts, as he did on the 18th yesterday. I don't know if you managed to see it. <laughs> yeah, we did. He missed. Yeah. Uh, he just tried to get rid of the, get rid of it after six inches and missed it. And he reminds me really so much of him. Um, so much talent. Um, you know, a little bit of um, um, whatever you want, a bit of temperament there. Um, very, a lot of aggression on the golf course, and it may it may come. You know, he may be one of these youngsters that it does take a couple of years, and he'll be there. Got massive reputation, but we've seen him come, we've seen him go. So let's see how he reacts for this year. Yeah, Skyler on that. I mean, like Jason said, there he was kind of case. He wasn't really pushed, but I'd have been interested to see how it panned out had Robert McIntyre taken it to him, because I think that the way Casey was playing, he probably could have taken up another gear if he needed to. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the final scores to see where KC ended and where it started at the the back nine, and it's it's difficult, you know, with with McIntyre doing it on the par five and what he did. Um, I, I bring it back actually. I kind of think of when they they challenged each other the last European Tour win that KC got. Both those guys were one two there as well, and it would have been tough to to beat him the way he proved and the way he finished both Saturday and Sunday, um, and and. I like what you say there, Jason, with, with comparing McIntyre to a younger hat. And I hadn't heard that one in the past and it, and it does make sense. I, I just, the numbers, the, the DraftKings salaries, the things around McIntyre continue to get escalated and it's hard without him winning to look at the numbers that he does. And again, do you really look at the Cypress showdown as a quote unquote victory since he wasn't even the 72 hole leader, you know, in that sense, it's difficult um, with his game. I mean, I love the kid. I think so highly of him. Hope he's on the Ryder cup this year. Um, but yeah, these numbers I keep throwing out every week um, are a little discouraging. If you want to keep being a McIntyre backer for the monetary sake of it. Yeah. I think that I think that McIntyre, you know, from an early point coming on the European, you know, you have a really great, fantastic rookie season. Um, and, and it's probably almost fair to say that he looked more of a talent, Jason, than, than Hatton did early on. I think that, you know, there's a similarities there in terms of temperament, in terms of maybe potential. And, and that's really exciting for people that are big fans of McIntyre, of what he's got a pathway there of what he can achieve. Because I think that, I think if you compare their rookie seasons, McIntyre was, was a better player. I was actually amazed that when they put the thing up that said that um, Casey had only played six times more, basically six times more tournaments than McIntyre, which, you know, is amazing when you think about it. You think Casey, for us, has been around forever. You know, you put 23, 25 tournaments a year on, and I was amazed that McIntyre played 50. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I mean, he, he in interview, he looked like he was ready to crack, didn't he, yesterday after the game. He didn't really want to give the interview. Um, he said that he, you know, he was basically annoyed about what happened. He was upset about what happened, but he'll take things from it. We'll see. It, it's it's happened to him before. I'm sure he'll be all right. It's, it, it is purely um, a matter of settling the mind, really, and just coping with when things go wrong. It's just about coping with those drop shots and coping when the drive doesn't go right. But we've seen it. We've seen it a lot of time. Look, we, you'll link it in if you want. You saw it with Hovland yesterday, chasing Pat Reed. Different tournament, obviously. Um they go, sometimes they chase it where you can't chase it. And, and you know, the risk reward is sometimes is sometimes not worth it. Um, but look, let's see what Bob does. You know what I think about him. You know, I think what he'll win. Um, and if he only wins that tournament that I'm on, then I'm very happy. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. I think I think the thing as well is one of the things you mentioned there is saying it's not worth going for it. And, and one of the things was that his aspiration, you know, he did an interview in a year and he basically wanted to get in the top 50. And that was that was his aim early on. You know, he said, if you know, wins would obviously take care of that. But the top 50 is make sure he gets to the majors, WGCs for the rest of the year. And, you know, he has to not protect that position. But once, you know, Casey's not really giving much to him and he has to keep pushing it. The goal to get into that top 50 was probably uh, something that was in the back of his head. But this will be a good week for him to put himself up against some of the biggest you know, opposition he's faced in a you know, regular event because we've got Dustin Johnson returning as the favourite of 5-1 to one, uh, with course form of 1st uh, and 2nd. you then got Bryson DeChambeau 8-1. Uh, to one. Uh, it was, I think it was 12 to 1 earlier on. So Tyrrell Hatton, 12 to 1. Patrick Reed, 14 to 1. 
Um, I'm sure he'll have some popular backers this week. Tony Fien out at 16-1 and Victor Hovland at 16-1. Skylar, I'll come to you first. Is there any of those that kind of stick out to you? It's tough because I could talk myself into, I feel like, almost everybody up here. And then I get to the point of, I'm not going to bet you know, more than one ever really for me under 20 to one. And I mean, I just saw Coley put out his piece headlining with DeChambeau and, you know, I, I could absolutely see him, you know, driving it. It just seems like at this course, you know, what we've seen besides GMAC winning, everyone else was just dominating with distance and off the tee. And that's obviously what Bryson can do, but DJ has that in him. Finau is great. Of course, Victor, you know, right behind Finau has it too. So I, I ultimately, I think as we go through the card, I'm, I'm very worried at what is the top of the board. So I might be finding myself like gooting a little bit more long shots as we go because playing for places that are just as much as these guys outrights has been a little bit more of a profitable approach at some times um, to the start of this season. So I don't want to say that I, you know, I'm going for sure that a winner can't come from the board if I'm going to be on somebody in the 30s, but. Right now, not a singular one is standing out because I think they could all play this course so well. Yeah, I think that's pretty well summed up. Jason, I imagine you'd probably consider the same. One thing I'd say about Bryson is he does travel well over on the European Tour, doesn't he? He's, you know, he relishes these tournaments when he does come over. He seems to to get on with it. I think there was one time he had the slow play in, I can't remember which event, it was at Dubai, where, you know, that derailed him, but he would have won there. Um, so I think he comes over and, and plays pretty well, just like Patrick Reed does. And I guess the the most ironic win would be from Tony Fina, right? And people were saying it's not quite a PJ Tour victory. <laughs> That's yeah, you tweeted that the other day. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. I mean, it's, 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 look, it's absolutely top class. And in terms of punting, we might be better off waiting for the two books that bring out the without betting. Because um, mm. they'll bet without the top five or they'll probably bet without up to Victor Hovland, I would imagine. Yeah. The top up down to 16. And then, and then we're talking quite interesting, really, after that. Um, you've got a, you've got a, what is then a European Tour tournament, um, as opposed to this, which is looking very much BGA dominated, and it's it's really hard to knock a lot of them, isn't it? Um, you know, Dustin um, came second last year after tying seventh at the Tournament of Champions. He's basically taken the same route again. Looked like he needed the run out last time. Um, wouldn't uh, you know? I don't have a clue how how well prepared he is. Um, it, should have possibly won last year. I know. I know the wind got up um, third round. He first four holes, four birdies. We thought he was going to run away with it, and then came again at the second. And I don't think he played his best, and he, he still turned runner up. So, look, for me, he's hundred percent the one to beat. Um, simply because I think he can cope with any wind that comes um, better than Bryson can. Um, and obviously, you know what I think about Bryson round the greens. Uh, and I think you might you're, you're going to need quite a bit of that. There's scrambling. It's interesting. The two running so far are, are really quite different. The only the only real connection is that is that form in either Abu Dhabi or Dubai. Um, but like you say, like Skyler says, you know, you look through you look through the 2019. I mean, the whole way down is just bombers, isn't it? Um, yeah. And then you look last year. Yeah, you put GMAC up there, who um, obviously when he got windy, to be honest, he was. He was almost certain to, to take it home. But yeah, DJ Green, Nicholson, Peters, you know, Detry, the Brisson Fish. I mean, you go down, but Burmeister, you know, it is. There's clearly an advantage to hitting it. Um, and the Americans look so good. I can, I can pick them. 
Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be glad to see any of them win bar a couple. Um, and I will probably wait, although you know I've had one play. Um, I think the play is just to leave this all alone because it's too hard. Yeah, I think like you say, that there's now a next definitive group of players, isn't there? And this is these are the people that we've been seeing at the top of the market. Last week, Sky, obviously you went for Sergio Garcia, played very well. Uh, barring one sort of round where he didn't really get going. Uh, but T to Green, he's been immense as he normally is. But you've got Tommy Fleetwood and Paul Casey there at 25-1. to 1. I suppose it'd be tempting to go to Tommy with the slightly bigger price, uh, Skyler. But also, Casey seems a, a, a relatively decent price considering the performance he put in last week. That's where I, I questioned myself. When I was writing the numbers, kind of looking at European Tour-specific data, you know, you see how good Tommy dominates off the tee, Short games improving, you know, relatively above average driving distance makes so many birdies. You know, the game fits so perfect for what you would think. He hasn't shown up here in the two years in the past. And then it's like, do you pull a 20 to one when you could just bet, you know, Tony Finau, the American version of Tommy Fleetwood for, for four points less, you know, and that's where, where I struggle in it is, is saying, do you really think that's a, a better, you know, win bet? And I, I can't do it. So, I, I mean, Casey, I don't think many people will go back. It, it shouldn't be any sort of a different type of thing. I mean, he sounded pretty, um, you know, strong about in his uh, post-round pre- pressers yesterday about how it's important for him to perform when he comes over to European tour and, and really kind of puts that pressure on himself. Obviously did it, you know, so well last week after being so good at to Green at the American Express the week before. Um, but I feel like if I'm going to land on one of the three, it would be Sergio because his off the tee game has been, you know, arguably top five in the world for the, since the restart of golf. But I'm not even sold there either. It's, this is a difficult one to cap at the top of the board. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think Sergio, I, I kind of went away from him last week because I thought the price was maybe a little bit short and, and wanted to play him in a more loaded field. The more loaded fields come around this week, and he's still not quite the price I wanted to get to, Jason. I don't know if there's any guys here. I mean, I'm starting my my card at 66-1, to 1, so I don't know if you've got any you know, shorter price guys here. No, I mean, Casey does actually go okay um, when he wins a tournament. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of them don't, do they? But he does actually play reasonably well the tournament after. And he looks... Like we said it for ages, certainly when we, we saw him at the PGA laughing and smiling as he was coming second. You know, he loves it, doesn't he? Whatever whatever controversy there is about him as a, as a person is irrelevant to us. Um, you know, he, he could go very well, but I actually agree with you. I haven't put Sergio Garcia up for years, and I'm actually bang on with you. I, th- I think that, that, you know, if you were going to pick out of that faction there, Sergio's the one. I, I, I thought he could have been a lot closer last week. As you rightly say, his his tee green stuff. I mean, he's longer off. He's long off the tee, plenty long enough to count. He knows what it's like to mix it with the PGA boys, so he's not going to be scared if he's amongst them, like some of them might be. You know, tee green stuff's fantastic. He's got some. You know, we know what he's like with his short game. I mean, he duffed that chip in um, as he was sort of chasing down second uh, over the weekend. But that's uh, Sergio. Um, Patton's not that relevant here, really. Um, yeah, six last year. Yeah, why not? I, I, I can I can definitely see why you would back him at 28. And I think, who did we have on last week? I can't remember now. Uh, it was Matt Cooper was last week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt really liked Sergio a lot. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt really liked... Sorry, Matt. Yeah, Matt really liked Sergio last week, and I hope he was on first six um, and not first five. But I, I can definitely see it. And I, I will be interested to see what price he is without the top lot, to be honest, because I think he makes quite considerable appeal. Yeah, and I think... 
I think the thing as well is probably a little bit of a moniker around him for this event because of the way he dealt with uh, in Saudi Arabia the first year, didn't he? But as long as he avoids the bunkers, there's not going to be any issue for him this week. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's not looking at the bunkers anymore. He doesn't look when he's on the greens. He shuts his eyes anyway. So, you know, if he's got his blinkers on when he's in the lead, I, I think he's just the one that makes the, the most promise there. But, yeah, I think that the, the first bet I'm going to, and I sort of alluded to it on Twitter earlier, is Justin Rose. I mean, I know uh, he's coming to, to 60s and 55s now. Um, and this is purely because I think it's getting too big. I think I think the odds are, are seriously... Get, I know there seems to be something a little bit off of him still. Um, his approach game was terrible in the final round yesterday. Um and, you know, he missed the cut on his debut here, but he only shot a 71-72. It was nothing, you know, major. I just think the 60-1 to 1 and 55-1, to 1, I know there's the top guys are there, but this is not a major, and that's the sort of prices you'd expect in a major now. I mean, we, I was backing him for the Masters at 20-1 to 1 before. It's, you know, this is, it's not that far removed from being a really, you know, top-of-the-range golfer. Um, Jason, I know you're not the, the biggest Justin Rose fan or believer, um, but ninth at the PGA... You know, not that long ago, 17th at the Zozo. Uh, he was 8th through 3 rounds last week, 25th at the Masters, which is, you know, and there was one bad round on the Saturday there as well. It's because Justin Rose has been so good that it looks so bad now. But even going back to just after the restart, he was 3rd at the Charles Robin, 14th at the Heritage. You know, when he makes a cut, he generally plays pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big price, but yeah, good luck to you. I won't be playing. <laughs> Sky, any I'm thoughts? Not, I, I, I lean. <laughs> any thoughts? Yeah, I, I lean with with Jason on that side. It's just it's a. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna put up the other one too if you're looking at another 66 golfer um, yeah. who opened. I believe um, that's still the price on him who just won on the PGA Tour two weeks ago. Um, that's mm-hmm. that would be my lean of of the two there. I, I don't even know. I mean, I mean, we can just say it. I mean, Kevin Na is is somebody who is more to me the form kind of in the way you can get hot with the short game is more realistic of what Graham McDowell was. You know, if you kind of look for that, that 2020 version of what's in the field right now, that's, that's to me the correlation of Kevin Na and GMAC in that sense more than Rose is. So I'm still attacking those even better off the tee. So I'm not even all the way there with Kevin Na, but I, I don't have any qualms with, with backing him. I'll go on to Kevin now. The main reason for me, first of all, was that 66 to 1 just looked ridiculous in this field. He's, he's that price or less on the PGA Tour week to week. Um, like it's been well documented now. He's got four wins you know, since 2018 on the PGA Tour. He's a completely different player, Jason. I referenced this kind of you know, start of the podcast last year where he just looks a different golfer now. He's got wins under his belt. Um this is Paspal on grass around here. When he used to play the CIMB Classic, he was tied second 2014, tied third in 2015 with those greens there. Um, I think he's a Vegas resident, won twice at the Shriners, plays Desert Golf well. He's just played and won in Hawaii, uh, where you can get a little bit of wind as well. Yes, it's going to be a little bit more down the, the Graham McDowell route um, because he's not the longest off the tee, but there's no reason why he can't get it done in this field, I don't think. No, yes, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't the first one I looked at, but I can definitely see the correlation um, with GMAC um, and Kevin. No, yeah, he's a completely different player from the one, the one from, what, two, two and a half years ago. Look, again, look, there's a few actually in the 66 to 1 mark, a few you wouldn't want to be on, or it probably wouldn't agree. Um, 
and a couple that are interesting. I mean, Nas certainly more interesting, just because I think I think Rose is on the way down, um, and we're looking for people. We're looking for people on the way up, as we always are. Um, it's only the third running, so we haven't really got a record of, of what this course is looking for. Um, but why not? You know, he's he's another one. He's when you look at who could be there in the sort of top ten as we go into Sunday, you need people that are not going. Uh, you know, unfortunately, people like um, Lucas Herbert, Adrian Nels, who's, who's you know just become getting a reputation now, although he's young. Thomas Peters, Thomas Dietrich, immensely talented players, immensely talented individuals, but they can't cope on a normal European Tour event and. You know, I, I, you know, there's no way they're going to cope if they see a DJ or, or Bryson or, or, you know, Pat Reed coming up behind them. Um, whereas Kevin Nahr will, and and he can just plot his way around. So yeah, if he gets a position uh, when it gets really tough over the weekend, then yeah, he's probably not going to go anywhere. So well, yeah, that was, why not? That was one of the larger parts of, of my thinking was that you know even with Justin Rose, Justin Rose and Kevin Nahr are not going to be, you know, phased by anyone. The, the problem with Justin Rose is getting there to the final round, playing well enough. If he gets in the final round, he's in the hunt. I trust him implicitly in a, in a regular event, not so much a major maybe now. Uh, and Kevin Nahr, certainly, you know, he's won, you know, in really great fields on the PGA Tour. Just talking to Thomas Pieces there, Skyler, I thought you might have been tempted by him this week, having, you know, been on him, you know, recently. I'm actually I'm racking my brain before I go into Peters here and I'm looking back at the numbers and maybe I was being a little harsh looking at who I had on my short list in the 60s and then comparing them to somebody who just won on the PGA Tour two weeks ago. I'm glad I'm trying to value when I listen and go into our shows each week a little bit more of kind of your guys's. I love the desert correlation you brought up there, the old past Palum. So maybe I I might be able to squeeze room for Kevin Na more than I thought um, (laughs) in the sixties. Now that, now that you say that and you just look at the people next to him and say, okay, who just won in Hawaii on there, you know, versus somebody who literally wilts away on the leaderboard if they sniff it on Sunday. Um, So I think that's more interesting. Um, you know, Peters looked so good his first week back. Um, he was he led off the tee in Abu Dhabi, um, which was really good. You know, after I guess he was third off the tee in Abu Dhabi, gaining over a stroke per round, which you know for his his injury that he had, that was great um, to come back to. Um, it was fine off the tee last week too. Um, I, I don't see myself really getting there. I would rather go to someone who I think might have a little bit higher um, upside with his short game and a little bit more consistent, which was somebody Jason did bring up in the mega talented. And it's where I start my card and it's with Lucas Herber at 60 to one. Um, You know, he won in the wins last year. You know, he has shown um, that off the tee upside, you know, pretty long, long time now on the European tour side, especially as of late. You know, the last 10 tournaments over um, on the European Tour, he's been really strong off the tee. I just think he's somebody who um, kind of fits this mold a little bit better than I imagine when you look at his distance and just just such a talent. So 60 to 1 is where I kind of land um, as my first pull here. Yeah, and he, you know, he played here, I think it was the first time last year, didn't he? He made his debut uh, and he was tied 27th as well. So there's no reason to suspect that he won't go well is there any concerns i I suppose there is when you factor in the price you know his putting at the moment seems to be some way off and he just needs to get streaky with that coming down that coming down the stretch yeah and that's what it was dubai last week i mean he gained over a stroke per round putting um 
after struggling a little bit in Abu Dhabi um, with it. But his approach game was what was not as great last week. But again, I mean, off the tee, top 20 in the field. So I, I think that he somewhat, with the number, you know, of course, we're betting these guys against PGA Tour guys. If you look at what, what a 15 to 1 top 5 or 15 to 1 best places you can find, I can live with that kind of guy in, in this range for me. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, where, where's your first pick coming from across the board? I, I, I honestly, I, I've probably got <laughs> less picks in this event, I think, than than any tournament I can think of in the last two years. Um, I, I, I find it so difficult. I'm really interested in uh, Shane Lowry, but then, uh, like you say, I've literally just put Ben's column up. Um, and I try not, to, I try not to be with what Ben's with, just a superstition. Uh, but I really like Shane Lowry. I think if the wind blows. You talk about this correlation with GMAC and Kevin Nahr. You know, I think Lowry fits fits right in there, to be honest with you. Um, 13th here last year. Um, yeah, you look Again, you look at his numbers uh, off the tee, tee to green, you know, absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was only the pattern that let him down um, for a better place last week. You know, uh, ridiculous tee to green figures at times. Houston, um, look at that, 9.999 he was uh, tee to green. Uh, 8th, 21st, 17th, 15th off the tee, you know, top 20 here, easily in tee to green um, and we know that scrambling is pretty good and that has been a factor, you can pick out that it's been a factor over the last couple of years, certainly last year, um, Green's in reg top 10 for the last 5 events that he's played um, at some point he's he's going to win again and I, I just felt uh, you've got certain players and players that I like ahead of him um, you know, Ansa, McIntyre, Bez, I, I absolutely adore. Um, Matt Wallace, I can't trust at the moment. I, I just felt as though he, at 50-1, to 1, he's, he's definitely worth a shout, especially at those first eight with uh, Skybet. Um, so he would be my first play. And his, him and uh, Perez was sort of interesting. I'm, I'm, I bet you, you, I'm surprised you don't put him up, Tom. I don't know what he's going to do, but I, I just definitely think Lowry's almost certainly going to be there and uh, we know that form sort of repeats it has done in the last two years even though it's been different um, different conditions and, and yeah I'm, I'm quite happy to think that he's a top 10 player here I think he's been pretty consistent without being overwhelmingly impressive since he won the Open Championship um, I know he's a guy that gets streaky and, and, and he can win in any given week on any real golf course Um I just, I still think he's seen as that guy as, as a major winner, which obviously he is, but he hasn't really played to that level, I don't think, since since winning the Open. And it felt like fate was on his side that week. Again, you can't take anything away from it. It was impressive. Um, I just, I just feel like I don't know if well, I guess it's probably you know a case of he probably enjoyed that major win for a certain amount of time, um, and maybe just gets back to business now. I think he was splitting his time between the PGA Tour as well. That may have been a factor. He was certainly impressive coming back last week wasn't he he was, he was pretty disappointing for the for the opening couple of rounds and he had a really impressive Saturday and then kind of let himself down towards the end on Sunday yeah I mean yeah, I'm not saying you're ever going to you're ever going to have your uh, wassets on unless it's um, going to be absolutely chucking it down and, and 60 mile an hour wins all weekend <laughs> um, but there is just something there there it, it just seems to be little hints every so often with him um, I just think the, these conditions uh, are going to suit him. They say that it's going to be windy on Thursday. Uh, is it Thursday or Saturday afternoon? I can't remember now. Um, 
he won't mind it at all. And and again, I'm looking if we're going to have to oppose the, the big names, we're looking for players that are going to be comfortable within that within that setting. Um, and if we're talking full field betting, Lowry's where I start. Yeah, I completely understand the logic, and and I certainly wouldn't disagree with it. Sky, have you got any thoughts on Lowry before we move on? Yeah, I, I mean, to your point of consistency, I, I think, yeah, it's just been something that maybe his form has been underlooked in the sense of where his finishes have been. You know, he hasn't cracked the top 10 over the last three months, yet has, you know, four finishes, five finishes inside the top 30. You know, was 13th here last year. I, I don't think there's any bones to pick. And I, I like the point that Jason keeps keeps bringing up that I don't think when I look at my betting card, I feel as confident anymore is when you have to look at these top five guys in the field face to face on a Sunday, you know, it, it's a different ball game for what they face every single week. Um, I, I'd be remiss. I, I want to bring him up because my co-parts axis, um, he is on him. The only PGA tour player we haven't talked just yet, I guess that is shorter odds was Abraham answer. Um, any, any thoughts for you guys there? What I mean, 28 to one ish, um, 25s in some spots, any answer? Left? Oh, not Tom. <laughs> Look, I think I think the thing with Abraham answer is that um, th- it would make sense for him to win this sort of event. Right? I think he's come to win a win, coming from you know, based himself in Texas. Um, I think that if he's gonna gonna do it, it might be out of spotlight of the PJ Tour. I just don't think he puts himself so squarely in the mix, or you know, and doesn't get over the line enough to be twenty eight to one. I think that you look at him at twenty eight to one, and it's another reason why I love Kevin Nar is sixty six to one, and he's won four times in the last four seasons compared to Abraham Anson not winning at all. And I know that's, I know winning isn't everything. We can't, you can't, you're basing it on potential, but until I've seen it from him, seen that he's got over the line. And now if he does get it, I mean, he's going to have to stare down Bryson, Dustin, Patrick Reed, Terrell, Tony, one of those four or five Victor Hovland as well. It, It just, it just worries me. I mean, if it was, if those guys, if it was just Dustin in the event and you could see him going off after a, a you know a bad round on Saturday and coming away from the field, but it's, it's so loaded, I thought that it was short enough at 28-1. to 1. I don't know where you're going with that, Jason. Uh, I, I go back to the tweet I saw over the weekend, which was um, an argument as to who was the best uh, Mexican answer or Carlos um, <laughs> Ortiz. I don't know if you saw that. You, you yeah, would have um, done. No idea. Yeah, who, who, who was the best? Um, oh, you wouldn't take 10 to 11 Ortiz, would you? Um but I think that was just said in the uh, heat of a moment um, as your player suddenly goes out of the frame. Um, <laughs> I, I, look, he used to be, um, I, I, I am a big fan. I think he's got an immense tee to green, tee to green game. Um, he just, at the moment, he doesn't do it, does he? I think you're right. He doesn't do it at the price. And that is simply, it's simply that, isn't it? Um, you know, you're happy to take a chance every so often, but you've got, Answer's got some, yeah, we all know he's got some stunning form here in, in you know, fantastic events, you know, Heritage, Amex, you know, you go through it, can't you? Canadian Open and everything, Shriners, you know, it's just everywhere. But he doesn't do it. Um, and if you, again, it's it's context, isn't it? If you put him alongside Sergio, for example, um, I know who I want if they're level going into the weekend. Um, and that's something I think I'd say two years ago. No, uh, no. You know, the only that, one that, thing I'd say is that he did sort of his best two rounds were over the weekend you know last year on his on his course debut so it's it's not like he it's not like he went backwards is it he actually improved as the week went on and and kind of left himself too much to to get really in contention sky it's just that for me 
I don't know. I, I say this a lot. I'd rather just take him at 66s or 80s in the event that people don't think he's going to win and, and let him top five and go for a contention. And I would try and pin my hopes in him being the winning bet each week. It, it's why I love these conversations and, and getting to pick your guys's brain a little bit more. Axis is, is very analytical. And, you know, if the numbers show a value, he is open to, you know, that's that's his bread and butter. And, you know, it's been profitable in that way. But I do 100 percent agree with you guys um, on, a, on a lot of the things you can't quantify. It's from spending hours of watching or knowing their, you know, statistics went around the lead. I, I agree with that. So I didn't. I'm not an answer myself either. I just thought it was worth the conversation. I think they were valid points brought up by both of you. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know it is worth having a discussion. I sit there and, and I have to take myself back. I was doing it again on Rory yesterday that I'm probably overcritical on a lot of people. I'm overcritical on Robert McIntyre. You know, I, I do go too much because I want them to prove something that maybe they don't need to yet. But I just at 28 to one, I, I pick people apart, and and that was the easiest thing to do on him. Um, we're now we're talking about a person that we don't know if he can win. Uh, Skyler and this and we've both spoken about him off air uh, Laurie Cantor now it's a, it's a good golf course for him uh, he's brilliant off the tee hits you know hits it an absolute mile um, put himself in the mix again last week but to me I wouldn't want him you were talking about the people not being wanting to go down the stretch you wouldn't want him against Dustin Johnson uh, and Bryson DeChambeau unless that's going to help him elevate his game somewhat yeah, I mean, Cantor is the epitome, it seems, of those that you don't want to see go out in the final group trying to, to hold a lead against those two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he I felt going into Sunday, you know, he was kind of in an OK spot to go post a number. You know, he, he ended up finishing fourth. And, you know, with what Casey did, of course, you know, it wasn't really in the realm of outcomes for Cantor to to be able to be up there in the mix. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you kind of looked at some some adjusted you know, strokes gain numbers combining the the PGA and the European Tour. I mean, Cantor is realistically right now a top 10 to 15 player off the tee in the world over the last six months. And, you know, again, with a course that I'm personally attacking with a lot of my card on that prowess of what you need off the tee, you know, to see him 80 to 1. And again, if we're just playing for places, you see that 20 to 1, hopefully paying out a little bit, you know, six, seven, eight places that you guys might be able to find. I mean, that that to me is somebody that I'm going to take a chance on, especially after seeing what he did last week, you know, missed his first cut of the season, comes out with a fourth place finish. And now arguably the best course fit he's seen yet. You just pray that that short game can, you know, remain field average for four days. And that's the thing I say, Jason, about people like Laurie Kent. If you like his game, you believe that he's going to win this season. He's going to take his game to the next step. It's worth having a bet on them in these fields because it's the only time you're going to get what I would perceive as value because in two you know two starts time or next start whatever he's going to be 25 33 to one at most isn't he now we're talking the European equivalent of Tony Fee now <laughs> um it just yeah yeah you're absolutely right I mean he's it, it, he's tees of green stuff is stunning isn't it I mean it, it you, you just watch it and then it's like a completely different player when he gets the flat stick in his hand um Again, again, Skyler, I'd say, you know, what a great play may be when they when they open up the book without the top lot. Um, you know, the the top. If we get if we're assuming that you know two or three of the top lot are going to are going to place in the, certainly the top ten. Um, you know, you're going to be getting five places without the top six. Absolutely. Um, look, uh, I, I just I, of all the people in the world. 
over a three foot putt to win the tournament. But I, 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 I really can't think of, of any worse. I mean, how on Italy? Um, I mean, he, I, I didn't look through his individual um, rounds there because I'm, I'm still shaking from it. Um, but how he found strokes, Pat, and I've got no idea. Um, it's just shocking. Um, and last week, as you say, yes, brilliant. I mean, but everything he's done is is because it's tidy, you know, but he, he cannot, you know, knock enough five or six foot putts in. And of course, he's not going to three putt because he's, he's, he's hitting the ball so close. Um, uh, Skyler, you'll know much more about the, the sort of strokes gained and, and everything and your interpretation of it. Um, but that's the reason he's, he's so awful is because he gives himself chances. You know, there's other people hitting it to 35 feet and never three putting. Cantor will hit it to five feet and three putt. Um, I can't. I'd love to see him win because I really think he deserves it. So, so much talent. But in this field, I mean, I wouldn't be touching it in a in a in a hundred and sixty man field or whatever it is. So you got to take the top player out of it for me. Laurie Cantor versus Tony Finau, six foot putt for your life. Who are you taking? Just, just uh, kill yourself. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> I really, I re- ten to eleven each two. Don't know. It's uh, look. I think I, I spoke about Adam Scott syndrome yesterday about how frustrating it is watching him miss short putts, and it's one of those things that because every time you switch on the coverage, they've got a five foot putt for birdie or a six foot putt for birdie, and it and it gets frustrating. Over the whole body of work, he's not he's not by any means the worst putter on tour. It's just that in the clutch moments, because, absolutely. Well, he, that's, he, my, that's my point. Sorry, yeah. Tom, to interrupt. That's my point. He gives himself so many five to ten foot putts and misses every blinking one. And that's the problem. You just think to yourself, what's the point? What is the point of bothering? Um, and then holds a 20 was, foot of ball. Those, those greens last week were absolutely shocking. Um, so in terms of patting stats last week, I, I'm sometimes take that. I'll have to take that into a bit of consideration. They've been dug up, I believe. Um, you know, they were when you saw them from above, they looked like a car park. They were disgusting. Um, and interestingly, he's, he's, he's patting, although he ranks 52, he didn't lose that much to the field. Um given how bad he is and certainly on fast like bumpy greens um like i say you know he, he's quite good at knocking 30 footers in um but my word maybe that's it, the game just leave himself longer putts but he's too good he's too good to eat a green that's the issue <laughs> it is it is the same as fee now i think i think i think the comparison is there i mean forget there may be a difference in overall quality um and levels of play but yeah they're, they're exactly the same fee now has done it every week now hasn't he for God, what the last year? Mm. Um, and Cantor's pretty close to doing it for for getting on a year soon as well. Sky, give us your hundred to one shot. Who uh, most of us that you know we're, we're aware of now, but uh, maybe some others haven't quite tuned in on him yet. Uh, I will still never forgive that power line in Portugal for sending that <laughs> ball into the water because. I mean, that that changes the game. I mean, that was a two-hole swing or two-shot swing, and we could have had that first Laurie Cantor win or seen him melt in a different way. But, um, I mean, you bring up, you know, great points. And I, I, I do agree, um, and it's maybe his foolish hope holding on to, thinking that he could contend in there. Uh, I don't know if we get those markets in the in the States very often on, on without the top five on the European tour. So I'm going to keep an eye on those because I like that that angle. But where I'm going to land um, is somebody who had his first top 10 on the European tour last week. Um, somebody we brought up 
on our European tour picks and bets. Somebody I've been tracking, you know, through his amateur career when he reached world number one, and that's Takumi Kanaya. Um, Kanaya was extremely strong um, coming out of the gates on, on Thursday. He was two under through two, bogeyed a few more to end his front nine, and then I think he was four under on his back and then just um, ended up continuing his success through the weekend. Um, you know, ninth place finish was really, really good with the short game last week. Again, I think the sky is the limit with him. Um, and again, if you're going to get triple digits for somebody, you know, his game isn't the same as what Minwoo Lee did here in 2019. But I mean, the the type of careers they had up to that point were very similar. So we've seen a guy contend at this this course like that. Um, and Kanaya, you know, showed up in PGA guys and still was able to finish inside the top five there. So he might not be as scared as what a normal guy with his career path has been so far. So I think the hundreds that are still out there are, are very fair. I think the thing with me, uh, Jason, on someone like Takumi Kanaya, there's, there's no scar tissue, is there? So until he shows anything to suggest he can't contend, um, you, you can bet your, you know, bet on potential and talent alone yeah fascinating player absolutely fascinating player um yeah skyler skyler covers it completely his numbers last week okay forget off the tee but his numbers last week after that are absolutely great um you're quite right comes in it comes into here without yeah scar tissue or or worry about who he's facing at any point or you you, you'd imagine so um i I can't argue I, i i think he's absolutely fascinating and uh be really interesting to see like we say, you know, you've come into here the last, there's only been two runnings, but but that, that obvious link to having recent form, whether in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, is there. And he's got it. So, um, yeah, totally unexposed. Nobody knows. So, yeah, fair, fair shout. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see which way he kind of goes, because you've got the thought of like Ryo Ishikawa, who was in the same position yeah. as him, very well sought after, very well thought of. Um, and never quite hit the heights as expected to. And ironically, the last at the tail end of when Takumi Kanai was playing in a Japan tour early, uh, late last year, he was going head to head with Ryo Ishikawa on a lot of the fields and, and, and out like lasting him. And, and that's really impressive. Or he's going to go to sort of like Hideki Matsuyama and go to that level. It's it's hard to tell which way he's going to go. And it'll be interesting to see. Jason, I think we both agree on the next pick. I know you put up a tweet yesterday. Uh, he was 160s one on Betfair, which is obviously gone like we suggested it would do. Um, I think the 100s won eight places is still fair enough on Alexander Levy. Yeah, I, I, I caught cold last week on Levy. I put... Um... Westwood up to beat him in their match because Levy hasn't had some, you know, hasn't had great Sunday rounds recently. He's such an attacking player that I didn't think, you know, last week's course would suit him at all. Um, in the end, I don't think it particularly did. I just think, unfortunately, I don't think Westwood's quite with us at the moment for four rounds. Um, but yeah, I, I looked at uh, when I do stay up to watch the PGA. Uh, obviously, you're always looking for clues as to the week after somewhere down the field, and. Uh, looked at the Betfair market and there was a tiny bit up for 160 for Alexander Levy and I thought that was just absolutely ridiculous and and I agree I think 125 110 um outright and I'll certainly be going in when they when they do that without market um it ignored to you know the majority of sort of last year I mean he was injured he wasn't right he was changing his swing um comes here off that ninth injured by last week um again you know figures are absolutely fantastic i mean they're in front of you you know was it 16 combined teeter green approach um 
Levy's such an attacking player that this is the sort of course that will suit him. Doesn't really want to be restricted. Um, 2019, he found 13 shots, teach green and putting combined around here. That'd be awesome if he could find that sort of putting. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, everything about him suggests that, that he's, he's coming right. Um, he works off his own steam, really, if you know what I mean. So he works off his own adrenaline. Um, he's never really been one. I don't think he's ever been scared to, to attack the course. This is this looks the course for him to do it. Um, he's a multiple winner on, on tour. He's coming back. He repeats form as well. So um, obviously he's won twice at China. Dubai Desert Classic, he repeats form again. Um, and I'm just hoping that he, he, you know, forget last year. Um, he might be well repeating form here. And um, yeah, I, I just think these short par fours, um, tiny little bit of trickery in some of them. He won't mind wind at all. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was he was far too big to be honest with you. Um, just to mention, Levy, I don't know if I'm sure you did see it. His celebration after the hole in one a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Abu Dhabi, rivaled Will Wilcox's at the Players, as far as I'm concerned. One of the best celebrations of a part of a hole in one ever. So yeah, look, I, I, I'll take it on the chin. He beat me last week, but I'm with him this. Well, look, you you, meant, you referenced the, the China Open, his first win was 2014. That week he beats Tommy Fleetwood, Alviro Quiros. Francesco Molinari, Ian Poulter, Henrik Stenson. It's not a bad scalp, that first one. you know. To, that kind of shows the element of fearlessness that we're talking about. He doesn't really back off. He just he sort of hits the ground running. So I'm just hoping that, you know, we've seen... Not I don't I don't even know if we've seen the peak of his career, but we've seen what he can do at his best so far to date is that he's a four, five-time winner on the, on the European Tour. There's no reason why he can't do that, even in a bit of better company. So I certainly expect him to go well. Um... My next couple of picks are around, well, well people to mention. I don't know if they're definitely picks, but they're sort of around the 150 and 160 to 1 mark. So, Jason, you got any others that you wanted to mention? No, I mentioned Scrivener just because, you know, if you if we, we tend to uh, um, say that if you fancy one round the desert and they, they sort of let you down a little bit, then you should never really give up, um, certainly over these three weeks. Um, he actually went, kept going forwards, kept going backwards all the time. He looked like missing the cut. I think it was three over at one point last week. Um, I like him as a I like him as a player. He, is he the grade? If you go back, you can pick up certain certain elements that suggest that you know he could contend here. But he's he's one I would mention. Um, but they're down there. I mean, Samoa played really well last week. His link's going to count here. Ross Fisher loves it here, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, absolutely loves it here. Really, really tidy. If the wind blows, I thought he was a big price, and I, I'm I'm still working on him. To be honest with you, he never wins, does he? Um, or not not recently, and he's unlikely to win here. But 125 for eight places on a course in which he's finished, you know, very high up in the only two runnings. Um, yeah, I thought that was of, of, of big interest, to be honest with you. Um, so he would be the only other one in that sort of price range. Yeah, Sky, is there any others in, in this range before we get down to 160 and 201? Uh, I had Jason Pegg to have Dean Burmeester um, driving yeah. crazy for <laughs> yeah, another week. Did. Yeah. Um, so I figured that was going to be on his card. So if he wants to add that, but I mean, I, he, I took a look, I mean, again, his off the tee, if you can run really well with the putter, I mean, these type of courses is where I wake up on Thursday morning and, you know, he's minus six through 12 holes mm. and, you know, it's just the prototypical Dean Burmeester week. Mm. So, um, no, <laughs> I, I passed on this range after, um, you know, we went, I mean, you, I guess you talked me into nah there. So I, I'm waiting into the 300s actually to get more of the 
top 10. Um, I mean, you know, my weekly, my weekly punt that I have down at the bottom of the board, um, that him and I have one more other one who's, who's deep down. Yeah. Well, I'll go to my next one. And, and the guy I wanted to mention was Ryan Fox. He's played, you know, pretty well here, uh, on two starts. He was six on his debut. Uh, I think it was 27th on his second start, but he kind of went backwards after a promising first round. And we know he can, he can play if the wind gets up. He's got pedigree on, on links courses, uh, he's played the sort of sandbelt courses in in Australia, well, Hayden from there in New Zealand. So that to me kind of stuck out as something. I just I find him a very frustrating player to follow, and and I don't know if if winning is is really the thing. Whether he's a top ten player, Jason. I don't know what your thoughts are on Ryan Fox. Um, yeah, I used to, I used to yeah follow him quite closely when he was he was one sort of one uh, league down. Yeah, um, you know what Ryan Fox does: smashes it, finds greens, screws it up every single time. Um, came back, didn't he? Just had a baby, I think, not that long ago. Came back into lockdown, came over. I mean, look, yeah. You, do you know what Ryan Fox is? He's a he's a first round leader candidate. You mentioned the mighty Burmy. Yeah, I, I had Burmy down. I, I just don't want to go to the well too often. I know you've got Guido every week, Skyler, um, <laughs> but uh, just didn't want to go to the well too often. And I just felt this was. I'd rather take 66 and 80 in a tournament I believe he can win than, than 125 that, that he could do anything in. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, you, you can make a case for a few. There's always, there's always bits of evidence for, for quite a few of these. Um, yeah, yeah. Do what you like, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing with Fox was like that, that first debut event, he played three sixty sevens and a 68. Um, and then he came back last year, and he was, you know, pretty similar again. He had that, that, I think it was a second round seventy-five that actually killed his chances. We had 66, 69, 68. so he's broken seventy more, you know, all the time basically. And it's just, it seems to be that he's going to relish the fact that he's got a bit more room off the tee. It's just because he's not accurate by any means. And I don't know, it, I, I find it hard to see him winning as I do the next pick that I've got because I think it's such a strong field that we're sort of looking for places now. Um, I'll give my next pick or next person to look at was Sean Crocker. He's he's not finished outside the top nine in strokes going tee to green uh, in his last four events that he's kind of made the cut. It's, it's literally just his putting that's a problem. And he sort of came around last year and looked like he was going to be a really impressive player and, and hasn't quite hit it. We've seen guys like Lipsky, like Kitty Armour, uh, obviously Kepka and Uline back in the day. You know, really impresses Americans coming over to the European Tour, and it, it, the kind of events that he's done it in so far haven't been uh, the biggest. He had that obviously good chance at the Trophy Sand, didn't he, in 2019, Jason, um, behind Jorge Campillo, um, and obviously you, you'll remember him from when he was playing well on the Challenge Tour. But for me, it's just it's going to be a massive step up. I could see him sneaking his way into the top ten if he can find a putting surface and, and putt well. Yeah, maybe another one for your without. It's not not for me at all, I have to be honest. Um, but, yeah, fair play. Skylar, your 300... Oh, go on. No, I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, if if Jason's going to say, you know, the, the Crocker, um, you know, relates to Cantor in that sense where, I mean, mm-hmm. by the prototypical strokes gain numbers, what you look at, I, I mean, it's shocking what Crocker has not came through with, um, unfortunately. I mean, we saw him... You know, almost in tears after he put two in the water. Was that on 18? Um, you know, not too long ago when he was in contention in South Africa. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, he's such a good ball striker, and you hope that we can find something for him because I think long term, yeah, I think the world of Crocker. But um, so I, I don't mind you putting him up since we've got Cantor together. We might as well just keep making this party. <laughs> It's just team no putt again, isn't it? Uh, Jason, before Skyler gives us his 300 to 1 shout, have you got any others to mention? No, I think I think Gavin Green is interesting just based on his course form, and he is he is a huge hitter. With uh, Do you know how we're, we're discussing this? We seem to spend half an hour on fantastic tee to green players that can't putt. Um, it sounds like every week for every podcast, for every event. No, well, <laughs> except, except the fantastic tee to green players, yeah. Um, that bit. Um, the rest of the sentence is right. Um, so yeah, he was he was interesting because he's the type that can turn up anywhere where that is uh, a premium. Uh, again, you know, is, can he really mix it with this in the form that he's in? No, Julian Suri. I know we were following quite closely last last year, um, waiting for him to bounce back. I, I think you're maybe tilting at windmills, but um, so I'll be more interested to hear what um, what Skyler's got to say. I've I've got a pretty good prediction of who it will be, Skyler. But Skyler, give us your your three hundred to one shout. Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, well, I have two down here that I'd like to discuss. Um, you know, one, at this point, if, if you've gotten to know me so far, there's somebody that I back every single week on the European tour, especially with the numbers that they're giving us, um, and it's Guido Migliazzi. You know, the young Italian, what I deem superstar, um, is somebody who, when he came onto the scene after, you know, tearing up the Alps tour, um, you know, to get two European tour victories in his rookie career or in his rookie season so early on. I mean, they were the, you know, worst of the field strengths pretty much out there and one with the Belgian knockout that, you know, no longer is in format. But the peak of his game, I mean, saw, saw him, you know, place in some pretty strong events, saw the off the tee and approach to be so strong. And again, last week was an example, you know, on Friday, he sat there going into the 18th hole, you know, seventh place. Um, unfortunately three putted the last, um, on 18 and didn't come around for the weekend, but I mean, that is the Guido that you can expect. And for 300 to one at somebody who showed that upside on Friday and, and can still do that. I like to take the place because I think over the course of the year, this kid has the game to at least profit you money and get a couple big places. So that's the first one for it. Would you like me to go into number two right after? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I pride this tournament for, of course, the pay to play, you know, the, the, the PGA tour guys that they're bringing over, you know, the way they're getting it done is, is one part. The, the second part that I thought that they actually attacked a really good job too was their invitations. You get Kanaya in the field. Um, you get Jaden Scaper in the field who I, I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, I don't know. He's not on my list this week, but he's one for me to keep watching to see, um, but the one invitation that they gave was um, to Harry Hall. Harry Hall mm-hmm. is somebody who played in the Walker Cup in 2019, back-to-back 15th place finishes or inside top 15 place finishes in his first two European Tour um, events, one at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, um, which he played with Rory and I believe beat him on um, – or maybe didn't beat him on Sunday. I think he beat him on Saturday, uh, but played with Rory in that event. I mean, I, I think he made he made the cut on the number at the Farmers Insurance Open, uh, and also you know had a really strong finish to his Corn Ferry Tour um, season where he's got himself a little bit of status based off of just Monday qualifiers. We talked about David Lipsky 
two weeks ago what, with what he's done on the Corn Ferry Tour. Now, that is, you know, of course, better than what Hall has done. But we are getting 300 to 1. And if you look, look at the guys next to him, in this range is making cuts on the PGA Tour or finishing in the top five, you know, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So for 301, I think Harry Hall at his age, you know, again, I think the upside is going to be really a bit there. And he's longer off the tee and showed some really good short game in California. Yeah, well, that was a pick I thought you were going to go for one because I think the Corn Ferry Tour form, it kind of translated from David Lipsky over into the event uh, two weeks ago that you, you hit on there. And, and also the fact that it was the, the 15th place finish at Dunhill Links. If he's got that in, you know, in windy conditions, that's only going to serve him well in Saudi as well. So I really like that 300 to 1. I think that kind of wraps us up for the Saudi Arabia Open. Uh, international, sorry, I'm going into the next event already. Um, and we'll go into the phoenix open um john rahm is the favorite of 13 to 2 as ex- you'd probably expect justin thomas 8 to 1 rory 11 to 1 xander 11 to 1 webb simpson 14 to 1 um and it's 20 to 1 and bigger jason any of the top lot that really catch your eye or are we going uh, bigger for this as well well that is strong it's strong again isn't it i can't i can't have john rahm after his um what he's been doing on the greens the last two weeks. He does look as though at some point he's going to absolutely explode, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Both both in temperament and in on the course, to be <laughs> honest. Um, you, you just, I just can't. Um, although, you know, fair respect to this is this is a, this is actually re- they both have got really strong top of the field, haven't they? This week, yeah. JT speaks to himself, but we think there's something wrong there. Rory, you can't, can you? Um, he's thrown away two good positions, one over here, one over there. Um, over the last two weeks. And then you've got the mighty Xander. Um, I mean, Xander appears in every... I say this every week. He appears in every single list that you want for this tournament. It doesn't matter what it is. Tee to green, brooches, round the green, anything. Anything you want, Xander is there. Um, but he is 11-1. to 1. Um, And he's in front of course specialist Webb Simpson. Uh, you know, and then you've got Webb Simpson 2, Daniel Berger. Ah, oh, it's, it's actually... I don't get that excited about the PGA Tour, but this looks fantastic, especially when you take away however many millions of people that um, on the course. Um, so of the top lot, Xander, I think, is, is extremely strong, but it's, it's huge. I mean, you know, Webb speaks for himself around here. Um, Hideki's done it. I know you think he'll finish 20th. Um, That's where he's trending I, at the moment in his course my, form. So. My first, yeah, my, <laughs> my first pick is outside those top half a dozen but Xander would easily be my pick of that lot uh Sky are any of your picks coming from uh inside the 20 to 1 range awesome so yeah I mean I told myself going into the year you know statistically if you look at the board all these wins are, are coming you know 20s 30s under and if of course by the math it, it makes the most sense that the years of the winners come from let's prioritize betting the board up here and once again, I am going to pass on anybody up here. I mean, I love I love Jason's breakdown, you know, looking at it from that way. And I, I just can't sell myself on anybody um, up here. So, no, I, I'm going to be waiting to the 40s for my first couple of picks. Ironically, I did think that I maybe you had to get to Hideki Matsuyama this week, Jason, but 22 to 1 was short enough as his uh, course form is trending in the direction of a 20th place finish as his famous four. Um, my first pick comes at 45 to 1 as well, Jason. So have you got anything earlier than that? Yeah, first time ever back in one of yours, Sung J.M. Oh, okay. You obviously didn't uh, watch about nine yesterday then. Well, yeah, I did, but it's it's a, it's a different test, isn't it? Um, 
I, I think it's a different test. He plays well in these conditions, plays well in the desert. Um, 12th uh, the American Express, Amex, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, saw him fifth in tournament champions. Not that long ago, Masters doesn't really sort of count, really, because it was a, a different Masters, but you can't not come in second. Um, I actually have been really impressed with his with his uh, approach play recently. Um, yeah, he played, he putts well on Bermuda. Um, I, I think this is exactly the sort of the tournament that he is now going to win. I, I'll, I'll ignore, as I say, I'll ignore the farmers because I just think it turns into a brute where I don't think, you know, this isn't a brute of a test, is it? Um, uh, aggressive players do really, really well here. He's a very, very aggressive player. Seventh on his debut. Um, didn't do anything wrong in his four rounds last year. Didn't, didn't you know, didn't set the world alight, but didn't do anything wrong. Um, and I actually thought he was very, very fair. I, I, I know that weekly, you know, you, you sort of pick him out um, and he can be slightly shorter than this uh, in other tournaments. But yeah, for me, this this seemed the way he plays his attacking play um, seemed perfect for this for me. Um, we, I don't know. You tell me whether the, the, the lesser crowds are going to make any difference for him, to be honest with you. No, I don't Interesting. think he has. No, I don't think he does. And he has got the best shoes on the circuit. So, um, yep, thirty-three to one. I thought was was very very fair. It wouldn't have surprised me to see him priced up the same as Hideki. Um So yeah. No, I, th- I joke about the back nine yesterday, but he would be probably you know say that he went level par on that little stretch between ten and fifteen yesterday. Um, obviously, still wouldn't have been enough um, to to get the job done. But it to me kind of just like you said it, the more aggressive the better for him. And yesterday was kind of. The, a caution to cling on at and I think he tried to kind of force it too much and and actually this test will suit him better so I can completely agree with that me and Sky are going to agree on our first pick I believe is Will Zalatoris at 45 to 1 so Sky I'll let you uh, start us off on the uh, analysis there yeah oh man I just love this kid I just think he is one of the truthfully like one of the top five ball strikers I think in, in the game of golf right now. And I know that's saying a lot. I mean, I sat there yesterday watching him at Torrey, looking through every possible site to see if there were still triple digits for the U S open for him. Um, you know, I, I think the way he, I mean, he Eagles 18 yesterday to close out. I mean, he, we saw that I think he has top 10 finishes now in four of his seven or eight PGA tour starts. Um, and this type of game, I mean, he's really good off the tee, but I mean, I don't think you need to overpower this course his short game really really was strong last week which is something that has been of a concern for me on his his overall you know longevity of what he can continue to do is he going to be one of these no putt guys and um just these performances week in and week out i was happy to see the 45s because i thought he could be lower um and eventually i think he's just going to be lower than this every single week so in this type of field at that number he absolutely is where i'm pulling the trigger on first off I really expected him to be a lower number, and that's why I've gone to him because you know I've been quite heavily invested as people regular listeners will know ever since he came on the podcast. Since then, he's you know he's won on the Corn Ferry Tour, he's finished sixth in the U.S. Open, he's had a couple of top tens already on the PGA Tour, three top tens now on the PGA Tour since then. So he he is the real deal, as uh, Sky said there. His tee screen game is absolutely ridiculous. That shot into eighteen, if everyone didn't see it yesterday, was unbelievable, and that took him into the top ten. Um, I just generally thought he would be priced where Sungjae is, where Harris English is, because there's such an overreaction to, not even an overreaction, just some people you know so invested in him and 
and really expecting us to do well. And and he was so heavily focused on the podcast about winning the Masters and challenging for the Masters. And he's got to keep up that form because he's only, you know only three spots outside the top fifty, Jason. Yeah, totally unexposed yet yet performing week in week out constantly, isn't he? Um, yeah, I agree. He's he's a very very exciting prospect, and and you have to think when he does win one, um, you know anything could happen, couldn't it? After that. So, yeah, what a fantastic... I mean, you know, the PGA Tour's got some unbelievable youngsters on, hasn't it, really? Um, and at some point, one of them is just going to take over. Rather than this group that we keep watching every week, one of them's going to take over. And why not? So the Taurus, he's, uh, yeah, he's an exceptional ball striker. But it keeps happening, doesn't it? Every week we keep saying, and there's another one that you need to add to that mix, and there's another one you need to add to that mix, and well, you keep forgetting about this guy, and Sungjae's only this age, and, and Siwoo Kim's not even that old, and, you know, effectively it keeps going round and round, and actually just at some point you have to accept that, you know, the top 20, 30 guys in the tour at the moment are, are youngsters, and that's it. They're just they're it, just dominated by a young person's game at the moment. The complete flip side of the young person's game is Ryan Palmer is at the same odds. Um, I don't know quite if I can pull the trigger after watching him try and win again, but he's got two seconds and a fifth here in the past, 24th not that long ago. His, his recent form is sketchy here, but his current form on the PGA Tour, Jason, is, is absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, he's playing really well since you backed him, isn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, look, he's a uh, you know, complete you know, um, antithesis to, to Zalatoris. I mean, you know exactly what you're getting with Palmer. You know, he's been around for, for a, you know, a long, long, long time. You can't knock him. He, he, you know, he doesn't get the job done. The last time he got the job done, was it six, seven years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was really courtesy of hitting the pin on the last. Otherwise, I think it would have been a playoff. Um, can't knock him, though. He's getting into lots of positions. Top, top quality tournaments. You know, Zozo Tournament of Champions last week at Farmers, which is, you know, as we saw, isn't it, is an incredible tournament, really. It's, it's, it's a grinder's tournament. Um, and yet he still has two runners up here as well. He, he's not for me in terms of, of win effort, but yeah, look, he's playing as well as he ever has. So why not? Yeah, even six, seven years was generous because I think it was actually 2010 his last victory. So it's you know that kind of says what it is. But he just seems to be playing the best golf of his career, and you'd imagine that a win would come. So I mean, actually, if you take away the fact that he did win the Zurich Classic with John Rahm, um, you know, he did actually get a win. But what was your next pick on this board, Jason? Uh, Russell Henley. Okay. Um, if we're going with um, recent winners, um, you know we know what they're like. They're all they're all tee to green merchants, proper proper um, ball strikers. Where Bricky Fowler, Woodland, Matty Armour, Kepka. You know, what I mean, you can go back. Carl Stanley, you know, tee to green. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, there we are. Another Laurie Kenner. Um, <laughs> you know, proper proper ball strikers. Hunter Mahan. Um, <laughs> Ryan Palmer's been been. I know you. Uh, sorry, right, uh, Russell Henley. Um, I know you've put him up a couple of times um, recently because of his Tita Green stuff. Nothing's really changed. Um, I'm not bothered about the missed cut. He's, he's experienced enough not to worry about that. When he missed it in Mayakoba, obviously came out, got 11th at Sony anyway. Um, so he finds form from nowhere. Um, just uh, it, it's in front of you. There's nothing like it's, it's nothing like you're finding anything, or, or you've suddenly discovered, you know, a shaper or, or anybody like that or it's in front of you. He's top 20 all the time for Tita Green. Top 15, 20 all the time for approaches. Um, it's going to be down to his putting, isn't it? Um, but this will work for me. I think I'm surprised to see that he hasn't actually ever done better around this course because you imagine, you know, certainly that he would have done. Is it a fan thing? I don't know. I've, I can't find anything that says 
he's particularly against it. But, you know, going back to a tournament where there'll be a lot less sort of pressure as we come around the stadium parts um, may suit him. You know, that that, that really is there. Um, he's there, as I say, he's there in Tita Green all the time. I, I can't find a negative against his approach play. Um, you know, let's hope it's a going week on the greens. I, I just thought that 66 was... I think he's been he's been a lot shorter, hasn't he, recently, Russell yeah. Hendy? There have been yeah. times, you know, he'd been at 33, 35, 40 maybe. And I thought it was 66, especially where some of those that are in front of him have a few doubts, you know, Brooks, um, Scotty Scheffler's not in form. Um, uh, I just thought it was, it was, I don't know, you know, maybe 16, 20 points too big. So he was done for me. Yeah, absolutely. My next, uh, next collection of picks are between 80 and 100 to 1, Sky. So have you got anyone else around here? I do, and uh, Henley was actually my last one I left off. I really like that that shout, Jason. And I mean, he would have been your 2020 Masters champion had they let him in the field. So um, <laughs> I, I do, I do uh, like how the, how he played in the year and to keep it rolling again. I wouldn't throw off a miscut either. And you mentioned somebody with doubts, um, and I've been a huge backer and proponent of this golfer, you know, ever since. You know, he came over from the European Tour and, and found his success, you know, winning here on the PGA Tour um, in 2015. And it's almost kind of a last-ditch effort, I kind of feel, with the numbers that you're getting this week. I mean, there's a 55-1 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook uh, in the United States here on Brooks Kepka, which is longer than what he won at in 2015, Bad. Bad. which is – it's it's hard to wrap your head around that. And, I mean, he didn't – he looked – Really good, I think, through about 12 holes on Friday. You know, played, you know, enough that you would have thought him going to the easier course on Friday. Of course, you know, the, the conditions picked up. Things got a little gnarly out there, and he, he didn't, you know, close very well. And, of course, you know, miss a, another cut on his comeback. Um, but the, the numbers that are out there for him now, like you said, that's it's just a saver in the sense that I can't let go this easily when we get this type of opportunity. And if I'm gonna have to reevaluate, if another miscut is coming, okay. But at this course that he has the feels at, I'm gonna throw it up there one more time. Well, I've got I've got three players that really for me stuck out as could prove to be really ridiculous prices this week. One was Justin Rose over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I mean, it was Bubba Watson and Brooks Kepka here. But all of those three prices, I think, can make you look incredibly, could make everybody look incredibly silly. You know, people are very quick to give up on golfers. Uh, I mean, I'm very guilty of it myself. You know, he's missed the last three cuts, but he has it's not that long ago, he was seventh in the Masters and fifth in the Houston Open. He keeps saying that the sort of pain is going away, so you would suggest that once he gets through that weekend sky, he's gonna he's gonna make a charge. Yeah, that's what you hope. You know, you don't want there's no one else you'd rather have in contention, you know, in, in that sense. I mean I think he probably wouldn't be one that would thrive off of the fans, um, being there, but still, I mean I, I I just love Brooks in that sense, and you get him in contention on the weekend, and you're right. I mean, that's a valid point about, you know, being right there in the Masters, being there in Houston. Like, it's not very far removed. I mean, we're going – we're making the same cases for, for golfers at similar numbers or a little bit deeper numbers who aren't in the best form either, so. Yeah, absolutely. My next pick is he's, he's 80 to 1, but it's probably 70 to 1 with eight plays. He's probably what I'd rather take is Max Homer. Uh, and, and Sky, I know you like him as well. His 26th and 6th here is uh, his course form. Tied 21 or better his last three events. And his T-screen numbers have been absolutely excellent as well. Um, he obviously was leading through three rounds at the Amex and, and kind of crumbled. But I think that there's two things about Max Homer. One, I think he's actually extremely talented and can improve. Uh, but secondly, I think he's 
a, a big thinker. He's very you know thoughtful about his own game, methodical, and and I think sometimes that that helps him, and also sometimes gets in his way. Would you agree with that assessment, Scarlett? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's another one that, I mean, you, you put him in the scenario of his hometown, eating it up with the fans. I mean, I think this was close to his launch um, of his podcast, you know, where they really, you know, kind of had some fun stories about the fans there and some moments that he had and, you know, how special it was to be in contention last year, you know, at, in his, his hometown like this. So, um, yeah, I just, I mean, his form is, is very sneaky, you know, outside of, you know, an absolute collapse. Um, at the American Pre- Express on Sunday, I mean, he, he was what? He was 54-hole leader, one back of, of Siwoo going into Sunday. Um, so I just think, I mean, he came into the to the waste management last year in similar type of form and kept it going. So we've seen him, you know, win at the biggest of events pretty much. Um, so I, I really, really do like home at the number they came out with. I thought it would have been shorter. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree as well. I've got a, a trio here of 100 one shots as well. I, you know, I want to kind of wrap them up fairly quickly because I know Scott has got to get off here. But uh, I had Benny Ann, Brendan Steele, and Henrik Norlander all around the 100 to 1 mark. Um, Norlander's purely just because of his current form. I know, Jason, you've you sort of raised him a few times last season as someone that could sort of kick on. And now he seems to be showing that. His tee to green numbers are 12 for the second the last two events. Uh, really, really impressive for me. And it. You know, the only thing we don't know is how he'll play this course because he hasn't done so far. Um, and then for me, Benny Am is a course specialist, absolutely loves it. He's had a couple of chances where he's been in the lead. Um, 6th, 23rd, 20th, 9th in four starts. T to green is obviously always very good. It's just like our famous Sam says, he putts with glass eyes. So it's uh, it's what you get with the weekend there. And Brendan Steele has just been playing some really good golf and, and has a you know exceptional course form here. Um, you know, plays this course very, very well. Uh, plenty of chances, third, sixth place, ninth place, everything. So he's he's got a lot to go. Any other thoughts on those, Jason? I, I, yeah, I, I can't argue with it on any of them. I thought Norlander, yeah, Norlander's definitely interest, uh, definitely improving. Isn't he played really well last week? Made mistakes and then came back again the, the whole after. It was a big, it was a big hard event. So it's interesting to see how he comes out of it. But uh, yeah, he looks like he's definitely moving forward. Um, and and yeah, Benny Ann loves it here, doesn't he? Um, yeah, what, what can you say about him? He, he, it's it. You talk about again another one. You talk about such an incredibly talented player. Um, just please give him a putter that works. Um, <laughs> It'd be interesting to see who no, won the tournament if you get their caddies to putt. If you, if you have Benny Ann, Tony Finau, Laurie Cantor, uh, or Adam Scott, and just give them the caddies to putt. I so think it'd be an interesting event. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so good, you know. Um, but there we are, you know. We're unfortunate. As we always say, if they were good in everything, then they'd be Tiger Woods, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, you talk about Brooks. Let's let's talk about, you know, another. We say former star. He's not finished yet, surely. Jordan, who I thought yeah. showed little bits. He's showing bits. Do you not think? Recently, I, I'm not I saying... I thought that he... Was, you, but, you know, he... Because a lot of people were discounting what he did on Thursday because it was an off course and don't get too excited and and those guys obviously got proven right in the end I suppose but there was like you said there was enough wasn't there there was enough to say that if he gets on a course that he likes on a course that isn't too difficult um, and will reward kind of greens and regulations hundreds to one about a player that was being crowned at you know 10 to 1 golfer not that long ago um, giving up very quickly don't we yeah, I won't back him, but uh, perhaps Sky has got more, 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 more of a 
you know, insight over there. I couldn't back it, but I just think as we're watching these players tumble down the list, just seeing a small hint, you know, at some point it, we're going to be jumping on. I mean, he can't be finished forever, surely. No, absolutely not. Sky, have you got any, any long shots in this field? Golf is so much better when speed's in contention because you, you just I, I I really am hoping for a comeback from him from the sense of you know I mean he beat me so many times I feel like in outrights and you know it was fun to to watch him at the top of his game and the way he gets it done and you know hopefully we catch the early sign of life you know it was up and down last week of course like it has been um, but would love to be able to cash a longer ticket or to see him compete at an open championship you know the the way he's his style of game is right now. Like I still think it can be done. So um, from a long shot, I have um, two of them. Um, one Tom, I know you'll definitely disagree with, um, but I really like Harold Varner uh, this week. And I, I mean, again, if you're looking at people that, that melt on Sundays, um, you know, he, he's another one, but Varner, um, you know, I think he finished ninth here two years ago, ran it up pretty strong um, up the leaderboard. Uh, Varner does, you know, the everything besides off the tee and even sometimes off the tee, you know, really strong, even in some recent weeks where um, I know he's mixing a couple of missed cuts. But I think the I think it was like 150 within each way was available. So I, I sprinkled on Varner. But my favorite by far, I, I think my favorite bet of the entire week was I don't know if if you, you had a chance to look, Tom, if this ever came available at the, the odds of, of what they did here in the state side. But there was two books, and one actually had an each way with it was uh, Padraig Harrington five hundred to one over here. <laughs> they they had it up to you know the each way, so the the book pays a uh, quarter of the odds for top six, or no, it's a it's a fifth of the odds for top six. So hundred to one for a top five double digits i think it was 11 to 1 for a top 20 i mean harrington has been sneaky so well you know over the last three months i mean what he finished top 10 top five last week um you know and his game off the tee has been so so good um i mean he hasn't missed a cut since the irish open you know and then he rattled off a couple other top 15 finishes and then last week six that ended up being so I think he can get into that into that top ten. You know, at, at, no one really looking at him at those numbers. So, there's, there's two things there. You talk about Harold Varner and his off the tee. You know, I just I can just remember him topping a three wood. You know, Riviera, and I can't get that image out of my head. I think he's another guy that will suffer because there's not fans there. So that's that's one thing that that would probably put me off. When you go to Harrington, I think that we we see this with Ryder Cup captains is that. They get so involved and invested in in watching their picks and thinking about what they're going to do in September. You can see just from when that weight was taken off his shoulders, 9th at the Scottish Open, 14th at the Scottish Championship, 26th Bermuda, 32nd Houston, and then, of course, 6th last week. He's got a top 10 at this golf course as well. Um, The the number, I mean, we do have a 500 to 1 here with Unibet as well, 6 places, so the the option is out there. He's, generally speaking, a 250 to 1 shot. Jason, any thoughts on Podrick Harrington? Gave a fantastic interview, didn't he? After oh, after his round on Sunday, um, you know he, he's always been a thinker, isn't he? He always works really, really hard. Always has done. He's got the stare, you know, um, which Sergio is scared of. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look, I mean, it's it's a a, a a very brave call, but to be honest, it makes perfect sense. He is he is putting up some some great efforts he is putting up some very very good performances like you say his tee to green approach stats um 
have been overlooked. You know, we look at the likes of Westwood and, and, and you know, again, that generation, if you like, Sergio, etc. They're putting up very, very similar stats. I mean, he's certainly not the putter he once was. Um, but yeah, look, 500 to 1. You know, it's there's, there's worse, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a couple of others that I wanted to, to sort of mention. Jason, I'm sure you will do as well uh, before we get off here. Chris Kirk, I thought was interesting. He's been really good tee to green recently. Um, has had an 11th place finish here before, but 16th and 2nd his last two events. 18th for the RSM before the Christmas break. I don't think it's quite the course for him, which is why I probably won't be able to pull the trigger, but... He's certainly playing well. Michael Thompson, same sort of line of thinking. Um, Adam Long has already proven he can play well here. So there's a selection of number play names there, but I think the top of the market is so strong that, generally speaking, I think we're looking towards that, uh, that end. Yeah, um, I thought Martin Laird was worth mentioning. Local person, great form yeah. around here. Winner not that long ago. I know he's in and out, but, um, you know, like I say, we're talking three figures here. So it, it, these are not expectations. But I definitely thought he was worth a mention. Um, the mighty Carl Stanley. I've always been a fan of Carl Stanley. Um, I, I do think his, his, you know, his iron play is sometimes just stunning. So um, I know he hasn't got the greatest. I know he's one round. Yeah, that was the most bizarre, wasn't it? 2012. What he done at the Farmers turns up here and then and then can't beat 45th here in his next hundred goes. Um, but again, Tita Green. You know, he's worth a mention. But you know, no, no confidence behind it. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much done with that card. But that, that was the thinking there with me with Carl Stanley, Jason. He hit the nail on the head. His, his T3 game is exceptional. I thought he was I thought he was a big price considering how impressive I thought the performance was last week given how bad he was on the greens, which is the story of his life. Um, but when you look at it, that it almost looks like he took advantage and, and kind of got a redemption story a week after chucking it away at the Farmers and then has never been able to play here at all. So... It, it was a weird one for there. Um, Skyler, just before we, we let you get away here, let, let's just summarise your picks on the European Tour and the PJ Tour before you go. Yep. So we have for so the European Tour, um, I, I'm going to let you convince me. So I'm going to start Lucas Herbert. The number that the best number I had was 60. Um, Kevin Na, 66. So we're going to align um, there. Jason's favorite, Lori Cantor at 80 to 1. Make sure we add that on his selections too, please. Um, <laughs> Takumi Kanaya, 100 to 1. And then the, the back-to-back 300s of Harry Hall and Guido Migliazzi. Yeah, Jersey Shaw's very own Guido Migliazzi. Yeah, and in the PGA Tour for us? PGA Tour, Will Zalatoris, um, 45, um, is out there each way. Brooks Kepka. I mean, it's floating in the 40s, but there was a 55 to 1 that was posted here in the States um, with you, Tom, on Max Homa, 85 to 1, and then Harold Varner, uh, 150s. And and then again, um, our long, long, long shot of the week is Padraig Harrington, 500 to 1. Um, So excited for the week ahead. A lot of golf, a lot of fun golf. Absolutely. Skyler, thank you very much for joining us. I'll uh, be speaking to you uh, very shortly indeed. Um, but yeah, I know you've got to get away and, uh, and thank you for coming on. Thanks, Skyler. Oh, this was a blast. I appreciate it, guys. I, I love doing this and, and love your insight every single week. So uh, it was a great opportunity to be on with you boys. Yeah, thank you, having you again. Yeah, Jason, any other order of business in uh, in these two events before we move on? Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm on Sergio um, Lowry because I think they can both compete with whoever's up there. Um, Alex Levy, I, I really think he's very strong. I'll be looking at him um, in the market. Foxy Burmy, JB Hansen for maybe his first round leader, big hitters. So they're done for me. And over at Phoenix, uh, Sanjay Im, Russell Henley, 
you've convinced me on steel. I think you're right. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, and I'll look at Laird and Stanley maybe on the uh, exchange. I think that the thing is with this this week that we kind of referenced to is that the, and you said it very well, is that the, the top of the market in both events is so strong, isn't it? That there's almost a lot of players that are really tempting at long odds. Um, but, you know, most weeks long shots are, are unrealistic. And then even in these two court, you know, these are two events, they're, they're even more so, I'd have thought. But Brendan still, for me, are kind of, I was really anticipating his number because, you know, he'd fourth in Hawaii where, you know, he was pretty disappointing, obviously, in the final round. Um, but, you know, Kevin Nas still had to come and win it. And then he backed it up and, you know, didn't really go away at the American Express. He was 21st there as well. So he's really in great form. And, and this is the kind of course that he absolutely loves. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not arguing. I've just seen, by the way, there is the, the uh, first markets come out without the first six, uh, without the top six. So um, anybody who's looking at, you know, your lorry canters, I mean, yes, you've got to take half the price. Um, but you're, uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Alex Levy. Um, I'll wait for the other book to come out, but he's 66 to one without the top six. Um, I, I, you know, I've got no problem in thinking that um, he can compete there. You know, Sergio, if you go to the top of the market, Sergio at 16, Lowry at 33 without the top six. And there are people that can mix with it and aren't going to go backwards if, you know, DJ, Bryson, Pat, Victor comes up to them. You know, so um, well worth a look at that market if you don't, if you don't fancy um, the top six and, you know, you pay your money, take your choice. Sure, they're taking a percentage out, but I hope. I think that Lowry at 33 without the top six is actually yeah, a better bet than him out, you know, outright, yeah. isn't it? It's very fair, yeah. Because I, to me, he strikes me as a player that that gets there or, you know, late and kind of places without you really thinking about him and you might finish eighth, tenth, and, and that would probably be good enough if, if you're taking that top six out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's players there that, that you look down the list and you think, hmm, okay. You know, let's imagine it at that sort of form where, I mean, the pro, you know, we don't know how they're going to react, some of these. And that's ex- exactly my point. You know, the some of these players in that market, 33 to 1 for a man who's obviously won the Open, contended US Open, um, it, it doesn't matter to him. It's just a golf tournament, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, there's nobody he's scared of coming up behind him um, or in front of him. So, um, yeah, like you say, you know, you've got, okay, look, we love Bob McIntyre. We love Christian Bez. Uh, but they're 22 and 25 without the big six. Um, Larry's 13th on his only effort here. Um, he's playing well. He's, he's always tee to green, you know, great merchant. And yet he's 33 to 1. So, yeah. Well, I, I generally thought that, that talking of Christian Bezui now, I thought the scoring would get away from him last week, and it did. Um, and I think that would be a similar sort of thing as well this week. Great. He wants it, he wants it harder. Um, you know, if, if, if they said, oh, we're, we're out for wind all week and it's going to be tough and it's going to be you know a, a 14 under winning event then we'd have to look at, at Bez seriously but there are other tournaments coming up that that will suit him better and it is it, doing himself no harm finishing you know finishing just above midfield every week um keeps him going doesn't it um yeah. so uh, yeah i've got no we'll, we'll be watching him very very closely yeah, I think just to, just to the last point before we get off there is the without big six market on those guys. I think the top of them, you know, the guys that are nearer the top are really the better value. I mean, you've got Tommy Fleetwood, you can go 14 to 1 if you want to take out the top six. Um, like you said, Sergio Garcia, 16s. 
Um, Sane on Shane Larry, 33 to 1. I really think they would be the ways to go rather than trying to take them on outright. And then when you get towards the sort of longer shots, it's not so generous. You know, you're looking at the Roses, the Kevin Dars, and the Kansas, etc. I'd rather just take the long odds. Um, so I'm going to summarize my picks because uh, I'm the only one that hasn't done so. Um, so I went and took a, a sort of rogue shout at Justin Rose just in the hope that he can kind of pay off at a big price. Kevin Nahr, I'm very confident on at 66 and 60s to 1, just because I think that that Paspalum green uh, form at the CIMB Classic may pay off uh, when it comes to the end of the week. Um, and, and there's a, you know, a couple of names there that I really liked on the European Tour as well, but ones that I couldn't you know definitely get a hold of, but I just thought that Alex Levy we agreed on, and then Sean Crocker and Ryan Fox are both guys that are, you know, I'd be really interested to see where they are sort of midway through the event. I think that Crocker obviously has to rely on a putter being there that that's the one glaring weakness um and then over on the pj tour is will zalatoris benny ann brendan Steele, max homer and henrik norlander and if ryan palmer uh if you can get kind of a, a price on him in the exchange i might take that as well but jason i think we'll wrap that up there for two very exciting events two good betting weeks and uh we'll move on to the next week in the schedule yeah been great yeah appreciate skyler coming on that that was good fun um yeah, I'm enjoying this year. I just need to uh, get a big price win, to be honest. Yeah, if it, it feels like... I, I feel 08. Like we're... 0.08, he's not going to pay for the season, despite the fact that no. he's got a little bit more. I think that we're... The, the kind of approaches that we're taking and the, the what we're saying about certain people in the field seems to be paying off right. And we're going down the right lines, it just seems to be... I mean, kind of like the people just keep going out backwards out of nowhere. Like Adrianos was terrible in, in the mix, Victor Perez uh, the week before. And, you know, you've had a couple of bad beats as well. So it's just it's just trying to get them through those four rounds, isn't it? Maybe we should just do a lay book and lay yeah. all the ones that fancy. Could be that, couldn't it? Yeah. Abraham Ansa would be top of the list with Hideki Matsuyama. There you go. Right, Jason, thank you as ever, mate. And uh, let's go on to next week. Thanks, Tom. Good luck. Cheers, mate.